It's been a really bad week for old Joe. He's so frustrated, he's screaming at the sky. Joe Biden makes a speech on Tuesday, at basically calling everyone a racist again. I don't know when he's going to figure out that's not working. And Ted Cruz redeems himself after making some pretty stupid comments last week. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, it might have happened. I might have the Rona. Remember I told you last week that uh, people were... Uh, we uh, Josie's daughter had coronavirus and... Now it looks like we're all going to get it. Well, I may have gotten it. I have the same symptoms. But I tell you what, if this is Rona, it's not that big deal. Not that big of a deal at all. I've got a headache. I've had a headache for the last two days. My nose is running. Uh, I think I may have had a temperature of 99 degrees a couple of times. But nothing too horrid. Very tired. I slept all day yesterday. That's why I didn't do a podcast. But I tell you what, if this is coronavirus, I it's not that bad. Now, granted, I'm very I'm young. Well, I'm younger. Uh, I'm only fifty three, and I'm in pretty good health. But we'll see how it goes. I'm bet I'm good enough today to actually have taken a walk, and here I am on the podcast. So, wish me luck. Maybe it's just a cold. I don't know, but. It sure sounds like the symptoms Jenny had the other day. All right, let's get to the news, uh, because this was supposed to be done yesterday. But some, (laughs) Joe Biden's life is ending here. Presidential life is ending here. He is is a lame duck president 11 months after he became president. He is done. Absolutely done. This week has really damaged the Biden administration. So he goes out... And he makes a speech about voting rights. First off, the first thing that happened is the um, inflation is at a 40-year high. You you heard me. I told you on Monday or Tuesday, 7% increase in inflation from last year. That's the highest in 40 years. We also got another set of bad news that um, wholesale prices have gone up 10%. So now business, again, that's important because businesses have to pay for the product that they have to sell to you. So that means that uh, people are now spending more. Businesses are losing money by buying products that we need. Um, According to the New York Post, and then he does a speech, which we're going to go over on Tuesday. He's trying to change in Georgia. He's trying to change the the outlook now. Now he's looking at voter laws. He can't look at inflation. He can't look at unemployment. He can't look at, in, at crises over in across the Atlantic because they're getting bad. Iran is bad. Um, Iran is bad. Russia is bad. China is just laughing. So there there's nothing. So he's decided to go on this end the filibuster thing. That has turned out to be zero. We'll get to that in his speech. And just yesterday, his OSHA vaccine mandate was overturned and seen as completely unconstitutional by a 6-3 margin. Now, I, I, was, I knew this one wasn't going to make it. I knew this was going to go. How it ended up with three people 
And I know it's they're, they're leftists. They believe in big government. But that's Sotomayor, Kagan, and Breyer. But I, I can't believe these guys are actual Supreme Court justices because this starkly violates the Constitution. You know what's scary? Ben Shapiro brought this up several times. He said, you know, we were one president away from becoming a tyranny of bureaucracy. That if Hillary Clinton had won the presidency in 2016, she would have picked three Supreme Court nominees that were just like Kagan, Breyer, and Sotomayor. And they would have won. And then our entire lifetime, the legislative branch of the government would have been irrelevant because we don't need to make laws if, if the bureaucracy is going to make laws. And our entire life would be run by bureaucracy. There'd be no reason to vote, essentially, is what it is. The president would become a dictator because all he has to do is tell his bureaucracies what he wants them to do and they would do it, which is exactly what happened with OSHA. So that was huge bad news. Now, the, the good news for the Biden administration, any business that takes Medicare or Medicaid does, can uh, force a vaccine mandate. So there's that. They lost that case. So Josie's going to need to probably get a shot. We're going to have to see or test all the time, which she already does. But it's just, it's just, it was a good day because 80 million people would have been affected by the first mandate. And by the way, the, the, the other mandate, the one for healthcare workers, is not working. In California, they're calling people in who have coronavirus because they're, they're, they've got such a staffing shortage, they can't process payment uh, patients. This is happening in California. Where Josie works, and I, I won't say where, but where Josie works... They're calling in people who tested positive for COVID. They're calling in people who tested positive for COVID and have symptoms because they are so short-staffed. This is happening. And I got news for you. If I have COVID right now, and I, I'm, I'm thinking I probably do because I just don't care, and this is COVID, what are we... Yeah, it, the headache is bad. The headache and the... That sucks. And the being tired all the time. But this isn't that bad. This is not that bad. But that wasn't the only bad news for Joe Biden. Uh, between inflation, unemployment, the border crisis is heating up again. We haven't even talked about that. Uh, the New York, According to the New York Post, President Biden's job approval rating has tumbled to 33% in the latest Quinnipiac University poll. A whopping 17 percentage point drop from February and an indication of American voters' deep dissatisfaction over his administration's response to rising inflation and the resurgence of COVID-19. 33%. Now, I had to look at that because sometimes a, a poll like that, and, and by the way, the poll is only of 1,313 people, and you got a question. I, I have the poll. If you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, you can actually read the report. It's there. There's a link there. Um. But the thing is, usually I want to read it because sometimes he's at 41% and then the New York Post, which is a conservative uh, newspaper, will sit back and say, well, we're going to take the worst case scenario here. No, his his approval rating has dropped to 33%. It's dropped eight points from the last poll, Quinnipiac poll. 
I, just incredible. Here's the thing. Donald Trump and Barack Obama, two opposite ends, they had a floor and they had a ceiling. Okay? The floor is their base. Obama had a base, a very heavy leftist base, and Trump has a very heavy right-leaning base. I don't want to say right-wing base, because a lot of the right-wing, what they consider radical right-wing, left Trump in the middle of his presidency. But he had a base. Trump's numbers were never going to go into the 30 percentile. They were going to, I think the lowest he ever had was 41%, 42%. Same with Barack Obama's. He was never going to go below 45%. Likewise, Trump was never going to go over 49%, 50%. Even when Trump got elected, his approval rating was about 49%, 50%. Joe Biden's approval... And Barack Obama's approval were in the 60s and 70s. Now we're looking at it and (coughs) Biden doesn't have the base. His approval numbers could go below 30%, especially the way things are going. The good news for Joe Biden is I think the fact that he can't do any of his, he can't do any of his, his um, uh, policies because of the filibuster and the Senate, and then he's going to lose in November big. I mean, huge in November. They might be saving him from going into the 20s. The Republicans might be saving Joe Biden. Don't be shocked if Joe Biden's approval numbers in March, April, or May, if Joe Biden can keep his mouth shut, because he doesn't seem to be able to keep his mouth shut, goes back up to 40%. We'll have to see. So here's the here are the takeaways of the poll. Um, a majority of Americans, 58 to 37%, think the nation's democracy is in danger of collapse. Uh, I tell you what, I feel a lot better after the uh, Supreme Court ruling yesterday. I, I, I don't want to say collapse. I think collapse is extreme, but we're getting there. Americans give President Biden a negative 53, uh, 33-53 job approval rating while 13% did not offer an opinion. Uh, In November 2021, Americans gave Biden a negative 36 to 53% job approval rating. So his ratings just keep going down. And the only person that is ahead of him as far as bad ratings is Kamala Harris. The economy, 34% approve, while 57% disapprove. Foreign policy, 35% approve, while 54% disapprove. I, I'm, I'm amazed how, who are these 35 34%? He's done crap with the economy and his foreign policy is a disaster. Ukraine is threatening, uh, Russia is threatening to walk into Ukraine next week uh, to perform an exercise and they're going to cross the Ukraine Ukrainian border to do it. And Biden has done nothing for him. Uh, Americans are split on which party they want to see win control of the United States. Represent, uh, House of Representatives, as 43% say Republican, 42% de- say Democratic, and 16% did not offer an opinion. Okay, this is where Republicans need to have some balls here. And they need to really go after things. Uh, They need to go after the riots. They need to go after the lawlessness. They need to have some balls. And they need to say, hey, this is crap, guys. 
Um, as for which they want to see control of the United States Senate, 45% said they want to see Republicans, 41% said Democrats, and 14 did not offer an opinion. This is all, this is all bad news for the uh, Republicans, uh, Democrats, I mean. Don't forget, don't forget, um, don't forget that 30, they're talking right now, 20 to 25 Democrats are not running again. So this is big. Suddenly you're going to have Democrats who think they're going to lose have said, forget it, I'm not going to run again. So it's going to be a really ugly November for Joe Biden. But, you know, Joe Biden is putting himself into problems because he keeps talking. Now, you may not know this, but Joe Biden went to Georgia to do a speech for some reason. No one really knows why. Uh, he, why he went and why he felt the need to do the speech. Well, we do know why. He's having so such bad problems with the economy, the border, and foreign policy that he decided, I think, he wants to change the direction. So he's not going to build back better is dead. It's not going to happen. Uh, the economy is going into the toilet. And unemployment is not going up. Uh, even today, they they released a uh, report. I don't know who. I, I just heard it today. That stated that all of these that not Build Back Better, but the American Rescue Plan back in February that Biden passed actually is causing the unemployment problems and the inflation issues. So I mean, the bad news just keeps flowing. It doesn't stop for poor Joe Biden. Joe Biden is so unpopular right now, Stacey Abrams of Georgia, who is running for governor of Georgia, didn't even bother showing up. She says she had a scheduling conflict. It's the president of the United States. <coughs> if And she doesn't have a job right now. What scheduling conflict could she have? No, she doesn't want to appear next to Joe Biden because Joe Biden is so unpopular. He has absolutely no coattails right now. But anyway, so he had a speech, and the speech was a lot of fun because he really, he sounds absolutely insane. So let's go over about six clips from this speech. The speech was 30-some-odd minutes long. So let's let's go through some of the areas of the speech, and then at the end, we'll talk about all of the idiots, the, the dumb things that he actually said. So um, let's take a look. Let's take a look at the first part of the speech that he decided to concentrate on, what his administration is now going to fight for. When the Bible teaches us to feed the hungry and give water to the thirsty, the new Georgia law actually makes it illegal. Think of this. I mean, it's 2020, and now 22, going into that election, it makes it illegal to bring your neighbors, your fellow voters, food or water while they wait in line to vote. What in the hell heck are we talking about? That's right. He's going to bring up voting rights again. And I guess it, it makes sense. They're looking at getting just absolutely destroyed. In, and we've talked about voting rights. It's basically federalizing voting. Georgia had, had some laws that basically, it, the Georgia voting law, which is not restrictive at all. As a matter of fact, it expands voting laws. All right. They basically are requiring an ID. You have to know who you are. They have to know who you are to vote. That that's really what they're really arguing. But the Democrats know if they the best way they're going to have a chance in November is if they cheat. And yes, I I think they're they're going out to cheat. I think they're going to try and steal electors everywhere. 
Now, they keep saying that the voting law suppresses vote, and it does not. That's just an absolute lie. Absolute lie. Matter of fact, the only thing they can bring up that seems moderately acceptable is the fact that, well, you can't eat food while in line or you can't drink water. That's actually not true. You cannot have food or water. You cannot be given food or water by a poll worker within 150 feet of the polling site. That's not, that's to avoid influence. That has nothing to do. You can walk in line and and drink and eat and do whatever you need. You just can't have a poll worker handed to you because they don't want to influence your vote. And by the way, and this is a good thing, I believe uh, uh, a couple of people brought this up. Are we such a fat country you can't stand in line for an hour to vote without something stuffed into your freaking face? That's embarrassing. I also find it ama- I also find it amazing that a man who is probably the most pro-abortion president in my lifetime is sitting there and screaming about the Bible. I I, I don't understand. Okay, now in this next clip, uh, Biden is doing what he does best and is going to be doing probably for the next 11 months on the way till election. He's going to call everybody a racist. Here he goes. Jim Crow 2.0 is about two insidious things, voter suppression and election subversion. It's no longer about who gets to vote. It's about making it harder to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote and whether your vote counts at all. It's not hyperbole. This is a fact. Okay, you know how we know we don't have Jim Crow anymore? It's because when everyone keeps screaming Jim Crow 2.0 and they think they're putting laws on restricting voters, voter, voters voting, is Jim Crow. Jim Crow was about segregation, inequality under the law, and the lack of educational opportunity for blacks. It had nothing to do, it wasn't just voter suppression, which it was. Blacks were treated as second-class citizens. Blacks were convicted of crimes they didn't commit. Blacks were had crimes committed against them by white people, and those white people never saw, never saw justice. Jim Crow was really bad. It was a very dark period, hundred-year period in American history. To compare Georgia's voting law, where you just have to have an ID to vote, to Jim Crow laws, is an outright lie. It is. It is exactly what he said it wasn't. It is hyperbole, which is an exaggeration. It's a lie. It's not the truth. I would like more information. And this this could help Joe Biden. More information, please, instead of this BS rec- uh, rhetoric. Because I have questions. Who can't vote? Give me a name. G- interview someone who was not allowed to vote. With the leftist media, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, ABC, AP, Reuters, I'm sure if someone was prevented from voting, one person was prevented from voting, they would interview that person. That's not happening. What part of the law creates suppression? Now, he talks about that BS, you can't drink water in light. No, that's not what it says. You can eat in line. You can drink water in line. Why you need to, I don't know. But you can do all that. But that's your best argument? 
what part of the law is, and you know, they don't even bring up voter ID anymore because most people, I think it's 80% of people want you, including black people, say you should show an ID. And black people are actually insulted at the thought that people think they can't get IDs. It's stupid. And here's the thing. Why didn't they go to courts to to overturn this law? Well, they did. They went, uh, the DOJ did try to go to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court smacked them down twice. And not any specific voting rights deal. They did attack one of the absentee provisions of the, but mostly it was at the administrative processes the government didn't like. It, they, the DOJ, Biden's DOJ wasn't even arguing. It wasn't even arguing that they were restrictive. They just didn't like some of the administrative rules. And finally, whenever you hear Joe Biden sit there and say, it isn't hyperbole, it's a fact. Yeah, it's, it is hyperbole and it's not a fact, it's a lie. Joe Biden lies like a rug. And my God, just hearing this, hey, you got, type in Georgia voting rights bill and look it up. It's right there. It's not hidden from view. Most people don't read it. Okay, so let's go to the next clip. Uh, Biden just starts screaming again. This seems to be a new thing with him. Here he goes. I've been having these quiet conversations with the members of Congress for the last two months. I'm tired of being quiet. I believe that the threat to our democracy is so grave that we must find a way to pass these voting rights bills. Debate them. Vote. Let the majority prevail. And if that bare minimum is blocked, we have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this. The filibuster has been used to generate compromise in the past, promote some bipartisanship, but it's also used to obstruct, including especially obstruct civil rights and voting rights. It annoys the crap out of me when he acts like this because he has never been civil with his opponents, ever. Definitely not since he's been president. And he's not had quiet conversations. He's been very loud about it. The administration has been very loud. He has called, he personally has called everybody who disagrees with him a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, a xenophobe, whatever. He's done all this stuff. And we know he's done all this stuff because he gets nailed on it when he does the same thing. For example, closing off uh, seven African countries, uh, creating a, a ban travel ban from seven countries in Africa. I don't necessarily believe that was wrong, but it, it's kind of, you, dude, you can't sit there and say this. Scream it from the rooftop that Donald Trump's travel ban was, was racist and xenophobic and then do the same thing. I know that he did this because he's been screaming about it forever. He's been talking about this crap for over a year. And he wants to... To, to go out and he wants to, to be heard? Go have a press conference. Answer some questions from reporters. I'm watching television right now, and he did another speech. No questions from the press. Absolutely no questions from the press. And But here's the big thing. Get rid of the filibuster. You know, let majority rule. Well, here's the thing. Um, it's... According to the Constitution, it's majority rule, minority rights. 
I take it back. I don't know if it's the Constitution. It's definitely in the Federalist Papers. But it's majority rule, minority rights. The reason the filibuster exists is to make sure democracy does continue on without mob rule. One group sits there and changes the entire country at the drop of a hat just because they're ahead. Don't forget, laws are not supposed to be easy to create. They're supposed to be hard to create. You, you've heard that song, I've got a bill, I am a bill, I'm just a lonely little bill. Way back, I can't sing. But that whole thing, laws are not supposed to be easy to create. They're supposed to be checks and balances. The filibuster is a check and balance. So what he wants to do is get rid of the filibuster so he can... Well, I mean, here's the thing. What's weird about him wanting to get rid of the filibuster... He doesn't even have a majority. Build Back Better never had a majority. The filibuster, changing the rule for the filibuster, no majority. The Voting Rights Act, he doesn't have a majority. He's missing two Democrats are not interested in doing any of this stuff. And here's the reality, it's more than just two Democrats. Kirsten Cinema said this. She goes, you know, um, a lot more Democrats don't buy these policies. They're thrilled. They're, at least a couple are, are doing this. They're thrilled for the filibuster. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, and I think probably 10 other Democrats are thrilled there's a filibuster because it saves them from having to vote on these crappy policies. And then I do want to point out that Democrats during Trump's presidency in one year filibustered 300 times. So it isn't a... a, a it isn't a partisan uh, tool that's used by Democrats, by only Republicans. That's stupid. Okay. Um, and here's the last one. Uh, this is this is Joe Biden making shit up again. I know I cussed. Get over it. Uh, here it is. Today, I'm making it clear to protect our democracy, I support changing the Senate rules whichever way they need to be changed to prevent a minority of senators from blocking action on voting rights. I did not walk in the shoes of generations of students who walked these grounds, but I walked other grounds because I'm so damn old I was there as well. They think I'm kidding, man. Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested anyway. But their struggles here, they were the ones that opened my eyes as a high school student in the late, in the late 50s and early 60s. They got me more engaged in the work of my life. And what we're talking about today is rooted in the very idea of America. Okay, here's the problem. Even if he tries to get rid of the filibuster, he won't have a majority. Even if he does somehow get rid of the filibuster, he doesn't have a majority. He has no, he has no coattails. No, it's a, an election year. Democrats are scared crapless of his policies. Even Stacey Abrams is staying away from him. He has nothing. Joe Biden, in this speech, showed that he's a dictator. He wants no more minority right. That is how dictators rule. That's how Stalin ruled, Lenin ruled, Castro ruled. 
any dictator, that's how they, they get rid of him. And by the way, this, this crap about being arrested, he's done this several times. That was four Pinocchios by the Washington Post. He's never been arrested. Maybe he was taken home one day when he was a kid. I don't know. But he's never been arrested. He's trying to make himself into this big rebel and stuff. He's not. It's all a lie. That's probably why he, he cut himself off. Joe Biden is a fool and he's digging himself a very deep hole. Nothing he wants is coming to pass this year. This year. The filibuster is not going anywhere. Joe Manchin said he's not going to end the filibuster. Kirsten Sinema yesterday made a speech in on the Senate floor saying she's not voting to end this filibuster. For all intents and purposes, Joe Biden's presidency is over. Apparently calling a lot of people in the country racist, sexist, homophobe, transphobe, xenophobe, whatever, is not a real popular strategy. Neither is inflation or high gas prices. Or that Afghan pullout. Or the BS he's pulling with Iran and uh, Russia. Nothing is working for him. But this brings up a bigger question, and I'm not going to be able to get to the Ted Cruz thing. We can wait for the Ted Cruz thing till next week because I'm already almost 30 minutes into this. But I do have a question. Why is Joe Biden crooning the black population? And he does this all the time. The black population makes up 13% of the population. No one has ever won an election because they get all the black vote. Now, you might be saying, well, Barack Obama. No, Barack Obama got like 55% of the white vote. Donald Trump lost the black vote by a lot. But he won because he got the white vote. And he did actually very well with the Hispanic vote. That's the other thing. Joe Biden is actually kind of segregating himself with the Hispanic vote. Hispanics make up 30% of the population. And he doesn't seem to be jerking them off like he's jerking off the black vote. Why is that? Hispanics are actually quite conservative. You'd think you'd have to work harder. The Democrats think that because you have open borders, everyone is going, all Hispanics are going to, that's not the case. Look at Texas. Hispanic majority Democratic counties in Texas voted Republican because of the uh, border crisis, because they're sick and tired of doing this. Cesar Chavez, which everyone likes, is Cesar Chavez hated illegal immigration. Cesar Chavez uh, created the Farm Workers Union back in the, I think, the 50s and 60s. He hated illegal immigration. He used to uh, get bands of farm workers and beat the crap out of illegal immigrants because it jacked with the unions. What about them? He's forgetting all of them. He's definitely separating white voters from him. I mean, he's calling all white voters racist. This is not a selling tactic. This is not a campaign tactic. He's going to lose a lot of the white voters, ton of independent voters. We already see, you realize he is less popular with independent voters than he is with Republican voters? 
Hispanic voters are about 50-50 right now. Where they used to be 80-20. Insane. And by the way, all this crap about segregationists and how he fought segregation and all this crap, that is crap. He was very friendly to segregationists. He was... He bragged about being complimented by George Wallace. The same George Wallace who he denigrated in his speech. By the way, George Wallace, Democrat. We seem to forget about that. He eulogized Robert Byrd. Robert Byrd was a grand cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan. Don't give me your crap about being the man for the people, man for the black man. That is not true. It's all lies. Mitch McConnell, was, who's probably the most reserved guy on earth, really laid into Joe Biden on Wednesday because he couldn't believe the crap that, that Biden was saying. Listen to what he had to say on the Senate floor. Twelve months ago, this president said disagreement must not lead to disunion. Ah, but yesterday he invoked the bloody disunion of the Civil War, the Civil War, to demonize Americans who disagree with him. He compared, listen to this, a bipartisan majority of senators to literal traitors. How profoundly, profoundly unprecedented. Look, I've known liked and personally respected Joe Biden for many years. I did not recognize the man at the podium yesterday. This drives me nuts about Republicans. Mitch, you really didn't see this coming? He's been like this his entire 50-year career. He showed his racism. In his entire 50 years career, he showed how he would throw people under the bus. He said Mitt Romney was going to put blacks back into chains eight years ago. Is this guy freaking kidding me? He is too stupid to be a senator, and he needs to be primaried. The idiocy of these people just drives me nuts. Anyway, so yeah, Biden had some gaffes too. We can't skip the gaffes. Um, these are the best parts of his speeches. So here, old Joe doesn't know who the president is. And he did this twice. Let's listen. Last week, President Harris and I stood in the United States Capitol to observe one of those before and after moments in American history. This guy has absolutely no idea where he is. He's president of the United States. Still is. I hate to say it. He's still president of the United States. And you know this is not, he's complimenting President Harris because a lot of the media said that when he said it the first time that he was prepping. He hates, he hates Kamala Harris. This is, this is a guy who just has no idea what he's saying anymore. This is a guy who should not be president. And God for, God forbid Kamala Harris ever becomes president. Because she won't. Okay, but this one is great. He almost got through it. I mean, a lot of people had to analyze the speech to catch it. Let's see if you can catch it. Listen. And what's been the reaction of Republicans in Georgia? Choose the wrong way. The undemocratic way. 
to them. Too many people voting in a democracy is a problem. <coughs> so they're putting up obstacles. For example, voting by mail is a safe and convenient way to get more people to vote. So they're making it harder for you to vote by mail. The same way I might add in the 2020 election, President Trump voted from behind the desk in the White House in Florida. Dropping your ballots off to secure drop boxes. Okay, some commentary before we find out what he did. First off, I'm so tired of hearing about voting restrictions. Can I let you in on a secret? We don't have enough voting restrictions. Okay, I personally think you need to take a test before you vote. Voting is not a right. It is a privilege. That's what I was taught in high school. You are privileged to be able to vote. You have a doubt about that? Go to another country. I think the big problem in this country is we have a bunch of people that have no freaking idea what's going on in the world. And they are voting. I think voting should be the same as becoming a citizen. You have to take a civics exam. And again, none, none of these policies, none of these policies or laws that Georgia is implementing, and, and it's not just Georgia, it's Texas, it's Florida, there are a bunch of them, are actually restrictive. Mail-in voting should be restrictive. Listen, if you don't think it's important enough to go to a polling place and vote, then you don't belong voting. I think that is what works in this country. Is that one of the reasons why I always thought voting was okay? Is because you go, if you go to vote, you know what you're voting for. If you're such a lazy ass, you don't even want to go to a polling place, you shouldn't be voting. And by the way, the, the, the laws that they're talking about don't restrict that. They just say you need some evidence that you are who you are when you send in a mail-in ballot. And you have to request the mail-in ballot, which requires identification. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how it's been for the last 200 years. Well, I mean, for the last 100 years. So absentee ballots require you to prove who you are. But here's the other thing, and this is the, the dumbass part of Joe Biden. Yeah, um, the White House isn't in Florida. And you notice he had to bring Trump in in the first place. Why he's bringing Trump in, I don't know. Trump did not. I tell you what, if I'll, I'll go with this. If it weren't for COVID, Trump would be president today. I do think there were enough... Uh, inaccuracies in this election to believe that Trump would have won this election if it wasn't for mail-in voting, ballot harvesting, all of this crap, I, I, I personally think Trump would have won. If people had to go to the polling place, no one liked Biden. Okay, they just hated Trump. They would have gone to the polling place and they would have voted for Trump. Biden would have lost his ass. But here's the problem. The White House isn't in Florida, duh. Okay, well we're not gonna we're gonna get to cruise on Monday. I'm not gonna do cru the cruise thing tonight, and we also have to talk about uh, our next Democratic um, nominee because I think that's gonna happen. Uh, this is my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Uh, there you can see I've got a lot of stuff there. Uh, and you can actually get ahead of uh, Monday's uh, Monday's podcast. Uh, 
Hope you guys have a great day, a great weekend. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.